Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan. Action Jackson standing across. Jackson, tell me what the word is. What's the word? It's a good weekend, man. Why well, was it a good weekend? Well, See, I have a newborn, and I have a four-year-old, and I'm going to live vicariously through you as a 23-year-old bachelor. Well, just, you know, with the snow that we had this past week to kind of get back out and safe driving conditions was really nice. And I went to the SLU game on Saturday. Great game. Great and then you atmosphere. got bottle service at Wheelhouse. Right, yeah. No. Is that what you did? No, I did not get And bottle they said, service. I hear you're on HD2 for three hours, and yeah. FM, they let you swim in the adult pool for an hour, yep. and the ladies, they flock to you. Yep. Is yep. that what happens? Yeah, to keep them, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. What you just said is like deja vu, because it happens every weekend. Nice. Yeah, but it was, it was just a good week. I love going to Chaffetz, man, and watching SLU basketball. It's a great place to watch a basketball game. Yep, every seat in the house and is the a good And the Dayton game seems to be the one that you can circle on your calendar for quality entertainment, and this time you get Jordi Jet getting tossed. Yep, yeah, I went to the Dayton game in 2020, which was one of the best basketball games I've ever seen in my life. That was the is overtime game. Is that better game. than that Missouri-Kentucky game that no. you cite as... no. That was like four years ago. The, uh, the game six of, of the 2011 World Series is second to the Missouri-Kentucky game from 2018, apparently. And I'm talking basketball. Oh, yeah. It was my favorite moment of college, was was w- witnessing that game. Did something happen at that game that I'm not aware of? It was just a—, it was a they, Kentucky was good. Mizzou was good. And it was the first time Mizzou had ever been Kentucky in school history. It was very important to me that they beat them. I understand it's very important. It was like It's like essentially if Mizzou beat Alabama. That's kind of how it felt for me taking down the top dog. It's different because it's basketball. You play twice a year, and basketball is obviously different than football. But for me, it felt like it was like conquering, David conquering Goliath. How did the Billikens-Dayton game feel in comparison? Because you you alienated Illinois fans on Friday, <laughs> and I'm going to try to set you up to alienate Billiken fans here. No, I And like... then I'm going to get your take on a variety of hockey teams just to kind of <laughs> set you off as the enemy. And then that, by default, makes me the good guy. It's all a meta play. Absolutely. Uh, no, Slew played great. They're, they're a good team, man. They're fun you think to they're watch. Going to you think they're going to the tournament? You think they're going to the tournament? At this moment... I think they're going to have to win the A-10 tournament. Joe Lidorty doesn't even have him on the bubble. No, he doesn't. But not in a good way. No. They're not even listed as one of the teams on the bubble in a tournament. Nope. Ken Palm's got him ranked 50. 52nd. Yeah. I got 52nd. Okay. You got 50? I read 50 yesterday. Right. I could be wrong. Uh, that might have been for the Fridays, Ken Palm. But it was, they're, they're a good team. They just don't have that signature win. Auburn was their, if they beat Auburn, you know, they lose by four to Auburn. If they beat Auburn, there's no doubt they'd be in the tournament because that's a signature win that very few mid-major teams would even sniff near. Auburn should be 0-2 in Missouri this year, and they're yep. 2-0. Yep, 
Yeah, it's a shame. But SLU, they play a good brand of basketball, man. They move the ball around, play good D, and Yuri Collins is a, is a treat to watch, a point guard. Looked like it was over after the UMass loss, and here they go. Sunday yeah. charge. LaSalle tomorrow fighting Illini against Purdue. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. That Who will you be, you'll be pulling for Purdue based on your comments on this show on Friday? No, no, no. Oh. I'll be pulling for the fighting Illini. I, I, all the local teams. And you're teams. mad at Matt Painter because he spurned Missouri's advances, <laughs> yeah. and that led to Frank Haith. Right. That's why you'll be cheering for Illinois. Right, a lot of deep-rooted issues there, but uh, I root for the local teams. I do, except when Mizzou plays Illinois, then I hope they win by 40. But I love the lo- I like the local teams to succeed because it brings up everybody, everyone. It's good to see everyone do well, especially, I mean, Illinois and Slu guys from St. Louis. So, uh, Big Al, you know Big Al from uh, TMA. He's uh, made show. his way to this uh, presentation, and uh, you can text in just like Big Al, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, he says, St. Louis doesn't give an S about basketball ass hat. That's from Big Al. What do you think about that, Jackson? Okay. It's the only way you're going to you're not going to engage. No, no, it's never good to engage. Uh, Tim, Joe Lenardi had them in first four out this weekend. I, I I was looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology yesterday, and I didn't see them anywhere on their on the list. I didn't see them in the playing games. I didn't see them first four out, first four in. I didn't see them anywhere, but maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I mean, he doesn't have them in the tournament. Listen, I would love to get back into college basketball for whatever reason. I don't know why, and I don't know how people listening to the show feel over the last decade, for whatever reason. I really can't figure it out. I just have gotten out of it. It used to be a season for me, and by that I mean a sports season, college basketball season, and for whatever reason, I am out on it. Um, But if the Billikens could make a run, be wonderful. Be wonderful to have something to get fired up about in March. I saw Gabe DeArmond on Power Mizzou this weekend present a scenario. Did you see this? Mm Mm-mm. A uh, friend of the program, Gabe DeArmond, writing, if Missouri were to win four of their next five, they could get into a spot where they don't have to play in that kind of entry round in the right. SEC championship. And could it be that Conzo, with an improving team, gets another year? How man. about that? Man, yeah. How about that? Jackson I don't know I mean you, that it's how do you feel run. about that are you going to cheer against your Tigers because that means Conzo would be out no because I don't I'm not like super anti Conzo I'm not I'm not I think he I think he I don't know what the problem is but I don't think necessarily changing coaches is going to fix anything unless they bring in Kimmy English is the only person to me that would I would be like cool switch him out and obviously you could go like hypothetical and you get Bill Self but that's not happening but you're, I just don't think starting over is going to help anything. But maybe I'm wrong. So Deke Dotem is reporting Eli Drinkwitz to Auburn, and you're reporting Bill Self to Missouri. That's what we're responsible for here. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. Uh, Tim, I'm the same way with college basketball. I really don't follow it anymore. But let me follow up with that. That's from the 573, perhaps Boone County. Right. What is the what is the reason? If, if we are operating on the premise, if we can agree with this, even if you are still a huge college basketball fan, why... Uh, would you agree, if, assuming that we're going to operate on the premise that we would agree that college basketball isn't as popular in 2022 as it was in 2002? Now, yeah. now maybe people would disagree with that premise. And maybe even 2012. I'm using our 10-year and 20-year reference points. Sure. What would the reason be, if indeed that's the case? Because I would like to try to figure it out for myself. I think, I think it's because 
the great players are one and done. Right. And so, therefore, when I think about whether it be Missouri, St. Louis U, which used to pack the arena, wasn't yeah. even Chaffetz. Right. Wasn't even Keel Center, Scott Trade Center, you know, Enterprise. It was the arena. I used to go to those games. H. Waldman, Erwin Claggett, Scott Highmark, Donnie Dobbs, uh, or Missouri basketball, or the Illinois Bragging Rights game, which is what has caused it to decline. But perhaps I'm building out a thesis that many would disagree with. I think my thesis is correct, of course. It's my thesis. Do you yeah. have a see as a young tyke, perhaps you don't see it that way because for you this is this is the greatest thing if Missouri could win a national championship you would trade everything. Yeah, that's 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 the absolute number one. Would you trade the Blue Stanley Cup in 2019? <laughs> For Missouri, because again, I got to find a way to get the audience. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's that's what I'm building on this show. For me, yes. Oh my God, right on the radio station that carries the St. Louis Blues. Jackson would like to give the 2019 Stanley Cup back in order for Missouri to win the national championship. Yes, yes, I would. I like to have both, but for being honest, yeah, I would, but... um, I would like I would like both, but I, Mizzou winning the national as be as good as it gets. Now on the one and done thing that you were talking about, maybe for it's just my generation or, but a lot of these guys who are the best players in the country who will be one and dones, I've been following them for a couple years through recruiting, Twitter, AAU tournaments that gets posted, all of this stuff. Chet Holgren being a great example, the kid from Gonzaga. I've been watching him for a couple years. And then if that's the case, then you're getting your payoff when they get to the college ranks. Exactly. Even so, if it's one and done, you've been following them. Exactly. You would acknowledge, however, that you would be in a yes. one out of a hundred camp yeah, and prob- maybe high on the one. Probably, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would assume that. But like, especially like locally a couple years ago with Tatum and Tyler Cook and the guys from St. Louis or the guys who played in St. near St. Louis, it was awesome to see stuff like that. But I hear you that if you're a novice basketball fan and you basically watch college hoops and maybe... NBA playoffs later down the road, you're probably not following the game like I am, where it's one player you learn about them in like February, and then by you know April they're done with college and go into the NBA draft. So I understand where you're coming from. You are absolutely correct. The one and done has ruined college basketball. You don't get to know your favorite team. Don't get to know and build a great dislike of the opponents. I think right there, if I could give away a prize for a text, I think that person just gave me my reasoning as to. Why? I think that is it. I think that is it. But you, but you that's like premier Duke, Kentucky, KU guys. That's who are doing not. That. And, I, and I get where you're coming from. That's a fair point. But my, my frame of reference goes back to the 1980s and the 1990s. And I was covering some of these teams in the 2000s as well as the 90s. And I can identify even, you know, I mean, he, he was in the NBA. Eduardo Nahara, who was on... Oklahoma, and he was just hated. He wasn't on KU. Mm-hmm. He was on Oklahoma. You know, there were players, Fred Hoiberg, who I know now most people know as a coach, or the, the coach who you know was the first one associated with COVID two years ago, but he was a great player at Iowa State. So every school in the Big 8, Big 12 had faces, coaches, players that you associated with, and you either were like, oh, we got to go against this guy, or man, I hate this guy. And then Missouri had, even in the years that they weren't great, there were players, I just don't sense that now. Now, maybe, that, maybe other people's Clearly, people are, are with me, but that doesn't mean everybody is with me. I want to be back into it. I want, it's not a case of going, oh, I'm just out. I want to be back into it. Right. And it's not like Missouri hasn't been in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like the Billikens have been a doormat, you know? Mm-hmm. And Illinois is going to get a chance to take on one of the best teams in the country. So area-wise, yeah, it hasn't been as good as it was, say, in the 2000s or the 1990s. 
And Illinois was in the Final Four in 2005. And Illinois was in the Final Four in 1989. And Missouri hasn't been to a Final Four. But it's just, for whatever reason, and I feel like other people are with me on this and people are giving their thesis about this. College has always been about the name on the front and not the name on the back. It's because football gets all the media attention. That's from the 618. Um... Let's see. College basketball has become college baseball. The players in MLB and the association are playing a different game than at the big college level. College football has a plethora of guys going to the NFL. That's from the 314. Yeah. Well, you look at last year's championship game. Gonzaga was a team almost like almost completely built on seniors. And Baylor a little different. They had a couple of guys who went to the league. But Auburn, there are a lot of upperclassmen on that team, Purdue, a lot of upperclassmen. So I think that the the major players in, in college basketball are certainly one-and-done kind of guys who are going to be there for a year. But also, I think another thing that's hurting, and also depending on what you're rooting for, is transfers. I mean, Duke is made up of freshmen who are stars who are going to go to the NBA next year and transfers. So if you're you know watching Duke, they're looking way different than they did last year, and that's not how basketball usually is. Usually you build a relationship with players for two, three years before they become stars. That's different now with the transfers. Get a clue, Jackson. This came from my phone. Nice. Get a clue, Jackson. Basketball has totally become a joke. Ian, you are committing blasphemy by downplaying the Stanley Cup win for the Blues. That's a nice way of rearranging what I said. I'm not taking anything away from the Blues. It's, it's a total hypothetical. I don't think basketball is on. I, love, I think basketball, the game itself, is a, a level that – is just so entertaining to watch, but I get it's not for everybody. But you but, hated yeah, the Blues, but, but I hate Stanley the Blues. Cup. Yes, yes. All I was, right, I was rooting here. for the Bruins. Somebody clip off that audio. <laughs> I was rooting for the Bruins. Thank you. Canada's looking at it. he's clipping <laughs> it off right now. Uh, I'm Tim's age, and I agree. It's tough to follow with one and duns, and the transfer portal has accelerated, barely getting to know anyone on the team. That's from stepdad Gary. My fear is that college football will start to have this play out. Yeah. That's what I worry about with college football, which is what we talked about when we talked about the transfer portal. All right, speaking of championships, uh, a couple of things on this. So you got the Rams, four-point favorites yep. this Sunday. Yep. I want to discuss how you would rank. We've seen four world championships in the St. Louis area since 1999, since 2000 to be exact. February uh, it was January 30th, 2000. Mm-hmm. The Rams won the Super Bowl. And how you would rank the four championships, and then along those lines, the importance to you that the Rams do not win this Sunday. Mm. And the New York Post article writing about St. Louis's uh, hatred of the Rams. We'll have that for you coming up on the other side of the break. We already know Jackson ranks the Blues Dead last. Stanley Cup behind the Ambushes Championship <laughs> in 1995. Uh, all right, we will have that for you coming up. You're listening to Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to McKernan with you on 101 ESPN. Action Jackson alienating the audience. And I like that. I like that a whole lot. Uh, Jackson, the New York Post, writing about St. Louis this weekend. Did you see the article? I did not. I did not see the article. (laughs) Did I send it to you? Because that would be awkward. The owners stole the team clear away from the city coolly and coldly, like Willie Sutton taking a few thousand dollars off the hands of a local bank. He found paradise where so many others had before him. Los Angeles, where the sun shines most every day, where nobody owns a shovel, 
where untold riches awaited him among the beautiful people. And the town he left behind, it never forgot. And it never forgave. That's the story of Stan Kroenke and the city of St. Louis as documented in the New York Post. Um, and so they go into detail with the perspective of uh, the city of St. Louis and how things have played out here over the last number of years since the Rams left. How important is it to you on a scale of 1 to 10? 1, it's not important. 10, it is of the utmost importance that the Rams lose on Sunday to the Bengals. 9. I got to tell you, I'm there as well. Right. It's not... I'm not necessarily proud of this either, but for the purpose of being honest with the audience... I have to be I have to be as transparent as possible and right. my answer is it's a night it would ruin my mood. Yeah. Now, I have been on the Bengals since before the playoffs and I will ride it until the end. And so even if I had to bet, uh I would take the Bengals. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily be jumping up and down about the play. That's 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 the core issue. I I I'm concerned about the Bengals secondary and the Rams uh pass catchers. Right. I in my mind, I I just have these visions of like Odell and Aaron Donald making confetti angels, and I can't get it out of my mind. What I, about the vision of Crocky in his own building I lifting don't think up the Lombardi that. Trophy? I mean, I, I had to say it though. I had to I say know, it. No, too. you're right. It's it's it makes my skin crawl, and that's what it sucks. I like Aaron Donald a lot. I like Johnny Hecker a lot. I like Odell. I like a lot of the guys on the team, but they're representing just the Stan Crocky man. I can't. Can't vibe with it. The whole LA thing grosses me out. I'm just, I'm, it makes me so upset. So nine is my answer. Uh, I, I would imagine most St. Louis sports fans. They have to understand you're talking about St. Louis sports fans and you're talking about the rest of the population. St. Louis sports fans, I would say you're talking about a nine. I really do think that would be about the number because I think you're gonna have a lot of people who are at tens. Yeah. Oh, certainly. And maybe it's the quote unquote cool thing. I don't know what that what that would even mean. Like to to convey I'm emotionless. He yeah, can't bother me. I, I listen, I wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could say. It doesn't bother me like it necessarily would if it happened in twenty sixteen. Right. Or the Super Bowl of twenty seventeen, the yeah. first season there. But it does irritate me. Oh, and yeah. I wish I listen, I wish I could I wish I could say otherwise. So you posed the question in preparing for today's presentation, how you would rank the four world championships yep. we have experienced in the St. Louis area with the Rams and then, of course, the Cardinals with two yep. and the Blues yep. since 2000. Four championships. Yep. I am curious where you would rank them. Are you? And I'm, I'm, so help me if you go Stanley Cup number four. I'm, I'm, you're going to have to walk out of the studio by yourself. All right, all right. So, at number one, I'll go four up. I'll go, even though it was super important to me, I'll go the 06 World Series just because they beat the Tigers in five games. The Tigers played really bad. And I don't know. I, I love the 06 Cardinals. They're, they mean a lot to me because that was like my team uh, when I was seven or eight years old. But I think that is the, that's, that's at number four. Boy, now, now, now it's tough. So I was two years old when the Rams won the Super Bowl. So it's tough for me to kind of gauge it, but I know how much it meant to the city of St. Louis. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to put it at number three. At number two, I will go with the Blue Stanley Cup. 
number two. It's not four, but it did so much for the city and the alumni who got to see it and everyone got to see, you know, lifelong Blues fans for 50 years got to see their team raise the chalice. So that's really awesome. I would put it at two. And then number one, the 2011 Cardinals. Now, what is your criteria? Uh, Importance to the city. So the Blues, if we're just going off that, the Blues would win that. And then the Rams would come in second because the Cardinals have. That would have been Cardinals' 11th World Series and 10th, respectively, with the 11 and 06. How well the opponent played plays a big factor. Now, I don't know anything about the 99 Titans. I know Jeff Fisher coached them. They beat the Rams in October. Okay. I think on Halloween, as a matter of fact. Very cool. Steve McNair was the quarterback, right? Eddie George. Yep, yep. So I don't really know much about them. The 2011 Rangers played real well, and the 2019 Bruins played super well. So that plays a very important factor. That's why number one and two. And then the unlikely nature of how they got there. 19 Blues and 11 Cardinals would certainly be in there. Because the 06 Cardinals kind of, I mean, what, they went 82 games? 83 games. 83 games. So they kind of got in there, not on the luck, but I think in certain seasons they wouldn't have got in at all. I got it's it's a tough one to answer because because you have to start with what your criteria is right. or are right um, and from my standpoint one would think if you would have asked me on the you know it, on January first two thousand where I would rank championships for the Rams Cardinals and Blues it easily would have been a Cardinal World Series it was everything. I was longing for as a sports fan. Because keep in mind that the Cardinals hadn't been to the World Series since 1987. They hadn't won a World Series since 1982. Right. And I feel like because they have won another one since, and because that team wasn't up there with, I think if you were, I think if you were to ask people on teams in St. Louis over the years how they would rank that team, they wouldn't even put it in their top three. Like an Edmonds, for example. I think mm-hmm. he would put the 2004 team number one. He always talked about 2000 being one of his favorite teams. 2002 was a great team. 2005 was a great team. And then 2016 comes along and, and, and wins. So it's weird for me to put that fourth, but I think that's where I would put the 2006 World Series. And then sure, some people go, well, you can't include the Rams because... The Rams are how we view the Rams now, but that is that's that's results oriented after the move. In the moment, winning the Super Bowl was, and the manner with which it occurred too, right. was incredible. Uh, the the pass caught by Ricky Prohl, the Isaac Bruce touchdown, and then the Mike Jones tackle. I mean, I don't think anybody ever thought we would see anything better than that. And now we've seen a number of things that I think you can make a case are better than that. But again, I think our memories on that Super Bowl for those old enough to remember it, are colored by our hatred of the organization now. And so it's not necessarily an apples to apples when you recollect on the Blues or the Cardinals. Um, Second would be the Cardinals in 2011 and the World Championship. And that's built around the unlikely nature of the run that began at the end of August and then how thrilling it was Mm -hmm. for... The, the beating the 2011 Phillies, which was just one of the best teams, but right. they, they you know they get forgotten because they lost in the first round. The Brewers were a rival. You had the Niger Morgan thing, yep. and then of course the World Series, which was a great World Series. The the least good game was Game Seven. Every other game had a right. story. Yeah. Game Three was a blowout, but Albert Pujols hit three home runs, so right. you had history in that game. 
So I would put that second. And for me, as weird as it might sound, it would sound weird to 22-year-old me who would never have said the Blues winning a Stanley Cup would be ahead of the Rams winning a Super Bowl and the Cardinals winning World Series. But to me, it's a no-brainer on the Blues Stanley Cup. And that is because of how much I felt like it meant to the region, how much it meant to kind of the Red Sox, Cubs, Cleveland Indians fans of of the NHL and the hardcore fans of of the Blues. And then for a Stanley Cup playoff run, it's every other night for two months. And then when you take yourself back to that and how you're on the edge every other night and every play, and whether you're tight because the opponent is in your own zone or the Blues are on the attack and you get your excitement up, take your pick. Whether you go back to the Winnipeg series, Maroon's goal against the Stars, the hand pass game against the Sharks, the highs and lows, thinking you're going to see the Cup in St. Louis in Game 6, and then the feeling like, oh my God, they're going to lose in Boston in 7 and will never be back again. This is the worst. And then that first period, and I think the Petrangelo goal to make it 2 nothing. Oh, yeah. After after all of those saves by Bennington and dodging the bullets, that was the moment where you go, oh my God, is this actually possible? You're not even thinking it's possible. And now all of a sudden, is it possible? And the relief that felt, how much I think it meant to generations of St. Louis area residents, but also people thinking about those who would have loved to have seen the moment who weren't there to experience the moment. So I think that increased the emotion. And then what we saw with the parade... I just don't think anybody could have foreseen that. I know that that Chase and Hull talked about how it would be this monster event should it ever, ever happen. Um, But I think it superseded that. So I think the region's connection to the 2019 St. Louis Blues is greater than anything we have seen with a St. Louis World Championship team. And those are words I never would have thought I would say, considering we compare it to recent World Championship Cardinal teams and a Super Bowl winning team, which obviously now is hated as far as the organization goes. But I'm, I'm talking about that moment in time in St. Louis sports history. I think that and the song Gloria will always put St. Louisans who are alive to remember it in an incredibly happy spot. Yeah, and then you know, having some time to breathe on it, it was awesome that they won it in 2019 because how bad would it have been if they would have won it during the pandemic Yes, or these past years? And, and you had Doc Emmerich on the call on yeah. television, which, yeah. I mean, you know, you're kind of getting into the weeds on the importance of things, but you had that. Yes, if they would have won it, like Tampa won their most or their second most recent one, um, that's that this, it's, it's that would have been it wouldn't have been the same. You're no. 100% right. No, it's like it the Dodgers the won in the World Series. Yeah, right. they won it, but it was like in that crappy warehouse in texas right that new rangers ballpark what a mess that thing is yeah so the dodgers did win a world series the first time since 88 but it was the 2020 world series that would have been that would have sucked in comparison to what it was yeah it was it was perfection yeah it couldn't have been better i mean you have a possible 28 games they played 26 two series went six two series went seven you had maroon and in in the second round and you had the comeback against the Bruins. You had dodging the bullets in the first period. Boston with the city of St. Louis with two World Series and the Super Bowl. It was perfect. And I just didn't think I would ever, ever see it that way. Even at the beginning of 2019 yeah. to see it that way. So this isn't something that I take myself back just to 2000. And what it meant, I think anytime you see that group of guys for the rest of your life, for those who are old enough to remember the 2019 Stanley Cup, that will put you in a happy place. And you'll hear that song, and it'll put you in a happy place. You can't hear that song and not think about the happiness you felt 
in 2019. Yeah, and so absolutely. it puts it, it for me. It puts it at another level, and that's not something I ever would have thought because I lived and died with the Cardinals winning a World Series. Yeah, uh, well, your thoughts? How would you rank it? Six five seven eight zero six five seven eight zero. Just got chills listening to you talk about Game Seven. It's got to be number one. Uh, that's from the three one four. Let's see. Uh, except for Jackson, who apparently hated it. <laughs> I was I was loving I loved the run and they couldn't have been against a better opponent being Boston it's like a little something I like, remember saying that and there were a couple things about that to go further I, they played Carolina if I'm not mistaken in the Eastern Conference Finals and I'm like I want it was either Carolina or the Islanders uh, I think maybe Carolina beat the Islanders yeah. but I'm like I want it to be the Bruins it has to be the Bruins and it has to go seven yeah absolutely. And that's what that's what you that's what you want, and and you got it. You got a re, you got an original six, and it was Boston. It just wouldn't have been the same if it were Carolina. I yeah. mean, I know it sounds stupid. It just wouldn't have been. Yeah, and the Islanders want to see him win a cup. Yes, I agree with that. But it's better that it went that way. It's like if the Cardinals would have won the World Series in 2011 in five games with the Rangers throwing the ball over the place like the Tigers did in 2006, it wouldn't have felt as good. No. Point being, you have to experience the pain in order to appreciate the pleasure. Absolutely. And Game 6 of this 2019 Stanley Cup is a great example of the gut check in St. Louis to lose like they did. It's like now now we're, we've gone this entire run, and who knows if we're going to win Game 7. The swing of emotions... As somebody who spent a lot of money for tickets right behind, you thought it was Patrick Waugh, but it was Tuka Rask, mm-hmm. in the thought process that they may indeed hand the cup to Bobby Plager before anybody, which yeah. was kind of circulating around uh, the, the, the blues, mm-hmm. that they might do that and break that tradition, that they would give it to him because he symbolized the organization, the fan base, this beloved figure. And I'm like, that's what you're, you're walking into the building that night expecting yeah. to see the Blues win the Cup. You're not even thinking about the possibility they lose. I know. And then O'Reilly takes that delay game penalty early on, and they score this goal, and then it's just like the builder, the air just comes out of it. You could actually hear it. It's an audible. <sighs> and then as it becomes clear they're not going to win, and then people are going, oh. Then, then all of a sudden you go from thinking you're going to see the Cup and that yeah. this is going to be the greatest party ever on a Sunday night to, oh, my God, they got to go back to Boston. Right. And they're probably not going to win in Boston. And we may never see this thing. Right. That was what everybody I know, everybody was thinking that. But the boys, as it turns out, were like, we're headed back. I think Maroon said it, O'Reilly said it, and a bunch of people on my podcast talking about it. We're just like, wow, we're going to win the cup. They were saying that as they were flying to Boston. So the, the whole thing on Sunday leading into game six was a distraction. And they're like, now the Bruins are going to have to deal with what we dealt with for game six. This is where we play our best. We play right. our best on the road. Yeah, and it, so they felt ready to go. It sure didn't look like it the first 10, 15 minutes, but Bennington saved the day. They take care of business, and it winds up being this glorious set of circumstances. I still would have rather them won in Game 6. Don't get me wrong, but that's probably because of how much money I spent on the tickets. Holy moly. Uh, guys, my house burned down in January of 2019. The Blues were in last place. Closed on my new house the day they won the Cup. A few emotions during that run. That's from the 618. I must have said they're done 100 times during that playoff run. So many stomach aches those two months. That's from the 314. Hey, Jackson, your favorite moment was probably a Knicks game in February. You suck. Nice. <laughs> Look what I've done. I've Vince McMahon heel turned you. All right, we got a break. It's Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you, 101 ESPN. 
Jackson hated. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> See, I, I like you so much. Now, in a, in, a, in a way, I feel badly about doing this. No, I no. I puppet master the whole thing. No, I, you know, I, I really, I, I haven't gone through much of my life being hated, so this is a new feeling. I'm kind of, I think I'm going to lean into it. You're going to lean, you're going to swerve into it. There's a lot of money in being hated. I know, I know. <laughs> Your <laughs> eyes is lit up. <laughs> it's lucrative. <laughs> so I'm thinking about, you know, kind of leaning into it, being the heel. Uh, we have So What Your Grandma Think coming up, and then BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Uh, you are welcome to always get involved in the, uh, in the show by texting in 65780. Two more segments left here on Balloon Party before we hand it off to BK and Ferrario. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 1043. Jackson, um, I'm taking my my son is four. Well, I have another son now. That's why I missed a few shows. But I didn't want to spend time talking about it here. Last week, following the Rams and Bengals mm-hmm. winning. You know, I don't This is this is the. This isn't the show where I'm going to start. I'm not going to go Kathy Lee Gifford and start <laughs> going Cody. Very obscure reference. Right. 0.01% of the audience, if I'm lucky, caught that. Um, but I take my four-year-old, because my understanding is if you, if kids want to play hockey, they got to learn to skate early on. Yeah. Yep. From my from my friend's experience, they say you got to learn to skate and skate backwards really, skate really. Skate backwards? Oh, yeah. That's a big part of it, too. That's what they say is you got to learn to skate and what skate backwards. What age are you supposed to learn to skate backwards? I don't uh, probably like seven or eight. You'd have to think. You wouldn't know because you're watching the Knicks. Uh-uh. No, I never played <laughs> one second of hockey in my life. So I took him. His first skate was on January eighth. Here, I'm here, take a look at my phone. And he that was January eighth. And now he says fly, and he just flies right into the. I posted it on my Instagram, uh, Timothy Michael McKernan. If you want to, uh, he's in-game. flying, and he loves it. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. You know, ten years ago, not even ten years ago. Five years ago, I spent most of my time in Las Vegas playing in the World Series of Poker or just playing online poker 10 plus years ago. And it was the greatest thing in the world. And now I'm at this point in my life where taking my son to his practices is my favorite thing to do. (laughs) But I think for parents, they can relate to this. This is something you get to experience. Now, I'm not going to be Earl Woods with the minivan green side, but but also with the, uh, the pressure. Mm. Uh, you know, if he, if he loves something, he loves it. If he doesn't love something, he doesn't love it. But but as far as the happiness of getting to see him do these things, and I never skated. I never did. I never learned to skate. I don't. I don't think. I think he would be able to outskate. <laughs> yeah, I never learned. He's four much years either. old. Uh, but all of a sudden on Saturday, we go up to Kirkwood uh, Ice Rink, and he's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to go." I'm like, "Oh, this is always a thing. Every Saturday morning, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to bribe him by playing video games afterwards. That's my. That's my move." And I don't know if that's from the parenting handbook or not, but that's my move. Right. So I get a bunch of quarters before we go up there because we're going to play some video games after the skate. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he breaks off this run. He just starts like <laughs> running on his skates. Yeah. No, he's got. But good then form. he doesn't know how to stop, and so he went right into the board. Does it make me a bad father because I was laughing hysterically when he ran into the boards? Ah, uh, well. And I think this video that I posted now, I realize that you can probably hear me <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and they got to learn. So it's either, you know, you got to learn to stop or you're going to get laughed at. It's really how it is. I'm leaning into being this heel. So you're not going to get any compassion out of me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Tim, we bribe our kids with cookies. Uh, number one, I got the go- the Cody reference. Thank you. Nice. That's what I've, I've become. That. I'm Dennis Miller just making references that 1% of the audience, if you're lucky, 
catching. Uh, number two, my daughter is four, and she is three skates in. I smile the whole time, so I feel you. That's from the 636. Right. Uh, Tim, did you leave Vianney to play pro poker? I would have loved to have been able to go, get into Vianney, but I went to St. Louis U High. Uh, let's see. Jackson, nice sports center update, but where was the Illinois score from the weekend? Thanks. That's from Scott's Wrinkle Ballsack. You know, you've, kind of, you've attacked... You've yeah. attacked the the ill side, right? I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. Sorry, Illinois. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, don't lose in the second round of the tournament this year, and maybe you'll get mentioned in the Sports Center wow. update. I mean, as a Missouri fan, can you really be even like no. throwing that out there? Not at all. <laughs> it doesn't You're mean... disappointed in yourself with, well, I... with your attempts to troll. I'm gonna cast stones. Doesn't matter if my house is glass. I respect that. Uh, Tim, I get a percentage of the Jackson hate. I started the haterade. That's from Big Al. Oh. Well, thanks, Big Al. Thanks for at least taking some ownership. <laughs> Ignoring the Illini again, Jackson, literally at the top of the Big Ten. I am truly looking forward to watching Illinois and Purdue tomorrow. I yeah. really am. No, I am too. I think it's going to be great. That, I'll mention their, their game time tomorrow on my Sports Center update, if I remember. So don't count on it. Uh, hey, Tim, when are you releasing the podcast interviews with Pat Maroon? I'm really interested to listen to you and Patty get after it. Stay cute. That's from the little Dutch boy. P.S. <laughs> Jackson, your Sports Center update was good. So uh, Maroon is coming in on uh, the 15th. Maybe oh, we'll sweet. have him in. Yeah, we should. That'd be awesome. He's meeting with me and uh, Tommy Mattern, head of programming here. And uh, we're talking about doing our podcast. But, yes, we have the Freeze interview. We have. Did you listen to that? I sent it to you. You haven't listened to it. I've listened to 30 minutes of it. And I honestly really enjoy it. Pat Maroon is uh, <laughs> he's one of a kind, man. Is he the best? He is one. Uh, vocabulary I've never heard before comes out of his mouth. The thing about the interview is, and this shouldn't shock any of you who are familiar with my work or familiar with Pat's work, or for that matter, familiar with Freeze's work. Right. This isn't an interview that, that you could just play on terrestrial radio. No, no. This is the uh, explicit version, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, this is the explicit version. Parental advisory. Yeah, Tipper Gore. Uh, who got that reference. I'm just going to make early 1990s references and try to corner that demographic. Yeah, you'll, you'll get them. You'll nail it. <laughs> You'll own that demographic. Um, yeah, but either way, so are you enjoying it? Can you hear how, like, it sounds like I am like, going to jump out of my seat the you whole time? You sound like a kid in the candy yes. store, I'll be honest with you. You sound like a kid in the candy store, which is, like, understandable for two, not only, you know, St. Louis sport legends, but local legends, people who are from here who did, I mean, if you were to rank the, the best sports moment in the last 25 years, I think one and one A are Pat Maroon's goal in double OT and Freeze's home running. As six. far as going from, well, with Maroon's goal, it wasn't a case of you're in despair. Yeah. But if you can take yourself back to, I remember saying to my wife after the first overtime period, well, I think she said it. She goes, I don't know if I can handle <laughs> Yeah. I go, I know I don't think I can handle it either. Right. The Freeze moment and Freeze in that interview says he holds the triple in higher esteem than the home run, which I love because yeah, I do too. I think that's a good call. But the Freeze moment, you are just you're you're accepting of your death. Yeah. The Maroon, you weren't thinking that you're dead. You're just like I can't handle this. And as a Blues fan, I'm expecting the worst. But the Freeze moment, you are a strike away from the Rangers winning the World Series oh, yeah. on your field. And then all of a sudden, so as far as a as a shift, there wasn't a greater shift than the freeze moment. Yeah. As far as the joy you felt in a moment, Freeze didn't win the series. Maroons won the series, but Freeze won game six of the World Series. It's the World Series, not the Stanley Cup final. Can you imagine, just for the sake of it, so just for the sake of it, 
if Maroon's goal, if that were against the Bruins and it were Game 7 oh, of the Stanley, can you even <laughs> imagine that? Can you even imagine? I've never even thought about that, but can oh you imagine God. if that would have won the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Guy from Oakville. That guy, too. The guy you've been listening to on the podcast who right. was just bringing the heat. <laughs> Absolutely. And he, he, he wins this. I mean, it was good enough that it was the second round. But if that would have won the Stanley Cup, I can't. People would have been drinking. Well, I know like plenty were, but would have been drinking for weeks on end. Yeah, it would have never stopped. It was, it's truly for those two and then for those two to be on a podcast together, just talking so freely it's it's really awesome to hear i love hearing it i'm uh, i'm glad you yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have it out i just i was going to release it and then pat's like no i want to do a podcast with you i'm like okay well then i guess we don't just we'll release this we'll yeah. figure out we're going to release the whole thing so anyway uh, maybe we'll have him in studio when he's in town uh, next week we got a break so what your grandma think coming up next 101 espn we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not not a good question. Like, Coach, uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that uh, sank the winning shot? Well, they're all Wisconsin players. Or... I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions now it's time for so what's your grandma think jackson what do we have this week this monday so we uh, do it every day you're going into the you're going to the archives with yeah because hey, hey torts yeah exactly because we don't have there was no outside college basketball there's no sports on this weekend so digging into the vault and Tortorella might be the the mvp of what your grandma think because there's about 40 clips of him i picked two of my favorite ones all right torts I know you have a job to do. I'm not answering any questions tonight. There's no sense of me even trying to answer questions about this evening, okay? So, sorry about that. Have a good night. What are your thoughts on the, the critical moment there where it looks she's made it 3-3 three to three and the goal comes off the board? You guys watch the game. You don't need my help with that. Going along with it not being a 4-1 to one series, do you think it's more... Just a couple bounces here or there. Was it really something that the Penguins were doing that, that you didn't have an answer? Did you for? watch the series? Yeah. Then have you have the answer? <laughs> hey, Torts. Oh my God, he is so he can be so mean to these guys. And hey, there's torts. like 40 clips of him doing that exact yeah, it's, thing. It's kind of a signature. Very <laughs> rare in the NHL, but that uh, that is his signature. Uh, hey, uh, somebody keeps uh, texting in. I want to make sure. What podcast is this with Freeze? Pat Maroon and I did a podcast. And we're going to continue to do the podcast. And so Freeze, Lance Berkman, and John Hamm, we've already recorded, and we'll be releasing that at some point. Pat's going to be coming in, and we'll talk about it. So uh, it has not been released, but I sent it to Jackson, who has listened to a half hour of it because he was busy breaking down game film of Mississippi State and Auburn, I guess. So Most, that was. Mostly like AAU oh, tournaments AAU from last season. Yeah, Peach Jam. Uh, time for us to uh, wrap it up. BK and Ferrari are up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.